Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 112 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing the 2017 movie One Cut of the Dead, directed by Shinichiro Ueda? Shinichiro yeah. Ueda. <laughs> I believe so, yeah, Ueda. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thomas, will you read for us the IMDb synopsis? Yes, okay. One Cut of the Dead. Things go badly for a hack director and film crew shooting a low-budget zombie movie in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility when they are attacked by real zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen this movie before. This was my choice. We are currently working our way through a trilogy of zombie movies. Last week we watched Soul Station. Um, but yeah, I've seen this movie before. This is my choice. So, Thomas, why don't you tell us what did you think of One Cut of the Dead? I enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of fun. You did, you said to go into it blind, and I do recommend that. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and you want to watch this movie, I would suggest pausing now and going to watch it, get through the whole thing, because it is uh, it's very particular in the way that it's structured. And I mm-hmm. think the structure of it is very key to the discussion. And so we'll probably have some non-spoiler uh, conversations first off and then get into the nitty-gritty a little bit further on but i think this is a great choice this was a lot of fun it really took me by surprise um i'll say when i first started watching this my wi-fi was kind of bad and Mm. once you start to realize that oh yeah this portion of this movie is is like one take like it's really worth to like get in a good position like get my wi-fi right or whatever (laughs) to like watch this without like any interruptions because it definitely elevates the piece a lot more once you kind of dedicate some time to it and dedicate all your attention to it and yeah, it's a, a really, really interesting kind of... There's a lot of stuff kind of going on in the first 37 minutes of this movie where it's all one-take zombie movie taking place in, like, this really run-down water treatment facility. And, yeah, there's, like, issues with the crew. There's, like, a lot of weird stuff kind of going on. Yeah. There's things I'm noticing, and I'm taking notes of a lot of things. And then it got to a point where I realized that all of those those... I felt kind of silly taking these notes because I thought they were no longer useful <laughs> like it's going to be like not really well, important yeah i want to know like what <laughs> were they like criticisms what, what what were your notes so i'm watching and uh, the first thing that's st- that stuck out is like okay this is one take this is really cool so i'm starting to think about like how it actually how they pulled this off so i'm thinking more of like a, from a production standpoint mm-hmm. but then also there's like awkward pauses there's like a lot of moments where this thing's kind of just like come to a little bit of a halt and then they'll continue on. And I'm wondering why these things are taking place. And like the use of props is kind of interesting where there's like, uh, like there's a moment where one of the actors like, Oh, this ax is actually real. And he's like, kind of like freaking the other actress out. But then they sort of pause and then they switch gears and start talking about like, well, what are your favorite hobbies? And it's like the conversation takes this weird turn. And all the while the camera's kind of just like hanging out of this one location and and my mind is just trying to figure out like okay what's like why is this weird why does this feel like yeah just like like clearly this is a zombie movie but things are going wrong and something's kind of fucked up and something's not right and yeah that kind of continues to escalate over the the next 30 minutes and there's just tons of little small details that i was taking notes of i thought it was really cool that um the zombies are like vomiting on on you like oh that's a cool little like i've never seen that in a zombie movie like that's new for zombie lore like usually you just get bit and that's how you get infected but here they're like spitting on you and then that's how you get infected i thought that was really cool um yeah and 
yeah, there's a moment where there's like a, a character just like sitting. <laughs> there's like action happening, a zombie attack is happening, and there's a character just sitting in the background. Like the crying, just like, yeah. yeah, he's just like not saying anything. And yeah, there's many, many moments like that that happen. And I'm taking notes of all of these things. And, uh, and then we sort of get to this climactic moment where we have a big zoom out, this actress standing. After lots of <laughs> killings have happened, characters have turned, a lot of drama has happened within these characters, we have this big zoom out, and the credits roll, and we get a title a title sequence, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then things start to well, get even closing weirder. credits. Yeah, we <laughs> get <a> closing <laughs> credits. Yeah, that's when I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. then the movie so, kind of so, progresses from there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into spoiler territory. Um, before we get into that, though, uh, I will talk about my experience of watching this for the first time, which I I remember being like, why is this movie critically acclaimed? <laughs> like, yes, yeah. why does anyone like this movie? Like, this is kind of shitty. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like people are dying too fast. Like, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. Like, it is like cool that it's one take, but this is it's like not really working. Yeah, it's like awkward line delivery, large silences. Uh, there's this clunky introduction of self defense, <laughs> like, yes, yeah. where I'm. I'm like this just i guess this is setting something up later because like why else would this be happening oh and um, boy does it set up something <laughs> yeah there's a, a moment where a woman is just like we have a shot of a woman reacting to something that's happening off camera and just screaming for way too long yes yeah yeah uh, yeah it is it's very very bizarre and i definitely I remember getting to the credits and being like, what the fuck was that? Like, is it over? Like, t- reaching from my remote, pressing the up button and saying like, oh no, there's still like two thirds of this movie left. Yeah. Um, but like, how could there be two thirds of this movie yeah, left? Yeah, like, what the fuck happens next? Uh, so if if you don't want to know what happens next, and I, if you haven't seen this movie, then stop listening now is, all you have to know the, is the point of no return yeah all you have to know is it does get better <laughs> like stick with this movie uh it is worth it because the structure of this movie it's sort of like it's a joke where they deliver the punchline first um yeah, yeah. and so so now we're going to understand the setup of the joke and it will make everything that you've just experienced a whole lot clearer <laughs> so yeah so stop yeah. listening now <laughs> So. Yeah, but yeah, after that moment at the end of this 37 minutes where the camera just sort of zooms out and we're just like on this actress credits roll, um, we get the actual title sequence for the movie. Like the actual, where, where we, we get introduced to the actual cast that we're going to be following yeah. for the rest of this movie. People he haven't met yet. Um. Yeah. And it's kind of like a fun, like, grindhouse little sequence where it's like the it feels like it is kind of getting you hyped up a little bit I don't know it's very it's very silly to me i think it's the music it feels yeah. like a um i don't know like a local like a movie they would make in your town just like a handful of people to show at a local theater and be like look yeah, at this like, silly movie we made <laughs> yeah it's like a public access kind of vibe to it yeah but I was into it because I was like, wait, it does, it reminded me of stuff like Grindhouse or stuff like Tarantino. Like, okay, it's violent and silly and this weird mixture of comedy and the atmosphere t- totally worked for me as we sort of move on. Because I love movies with ensemble casts and the, the actors in this are really fun. There's just a lot of great, like, performances. And I'm really surprised that with the, a lot of time, this movie still manages to have all these characters and each of them sort of have their own moment and kind of have, like, a little bit of characterization so they're not just kind of like uh blank 
yeah. uh, canvases, essentially. Like, everyone sort of has their own little character moment that makes them distinctive, which I really liked. Yeah. And so, what did you think about this first, like, once you sort of get into it, yeah, we, like, we realize that the director who was inside of the movie within the movie is the actual director actual of this director. production. <laughs> yeah. for, and he's, he's been hired by a TV station to shoot a one-take zombie film for live TV. And because it's live TV, they, they hack to do it all in one take, and that's kind of where the, the conceit yeah. of the whole one-take thing comes in. So, I mean, this is when the movie becomes, like, a brilliant idea where I'm like, I wish I would have thought of this. <laughs> like, yeah. it feels, like, pretty simple, of an idea but it's like it's just it's just super fucking clever and it feels like that whole first section once we've contextualized it is like no this is a movie within a movie uh this isn't the movie itself now we can sort of uh look at it yeah we get to look at it through this new lens where it's like okay well the the filmmaker not and i don't mean the filmmaker within one cut of the dead (laughs) (laughs) i mean the actual filmmaker uh uh he has sort of approached this in like um I don't know, in like kind of like a loving way. Like it's shot in digital, that opening that one one take zombie movie. It's shot in digital. Um and it's kind of silly. We have the the zoom in, zoom out thing going on. I don't know. Yeah. It feels like so much of this movie is just like it's Yeah, it, I mean obviously it's about the experience of making movies. But it is lovingly about the experience of making movies. It is, uh, you know, I think we've been in situations where you've had to, like, we both went to film school. We've been in situations where you had to improvise and yeah. you had to do silly shit to try and get the shot. Like, um, the shot looks clean, the shot looks nice, but if you look at everything that's happening outside of the frame and everything that's happening behind the camera, it's just a fucking mess. Um, (laughs) It's just a bunch of kids who don't know what the fuck they're doing, just trying to hold it together. Everything's held together with tape. Um, Yes. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's like you can kind of appreciate what was captured in that opening section because it's intentional. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. One thing I wanted to bring up is, at least when we talk about zombie movies, usually it's the, the conversation goes in two directions. It's like, okay, is the zombie like makeup and is the action, is that stuff creative and fun and interesting? But also is the human aspect, like, it does it work? Like, it, are the humans dumb? Are, like, are they making smart decisions? That's like one of the biggest things, yeah. like people watching The Walking Dead and be like, oh, these people are being stupid or like, that shotgun has infinite ammo. It's like, we're all like, we're, we're really primed to kind of be like, look at those stories and kind of pick them apart. And I think that's because zombie media is just like was so popular for a, a period of time. And we're all just like, so like literate in like, just very aware yeah. about like how these things work. And so we know like, okay, if it's about zombies, it's going to be like about the human condition. And there's going to be it's about all about like the microcosm of like how humans, that's sort of what soul station was dealing with. It's yeah. all about like, it's more about the relationship between that woman and her boyfriend and like this man masquerading as her father. Yeah. The but breakdown movie, of society and yeah, like, it's all about like society and humans. And I think here is something really brilliant because we have like an uplifting fun movie about filmmaking. And it's about like this, relationship between this dad reconnecting with his daughter through filmmaking and that's sort of yeah. what this movie is about and 
who knew it had like such a uplifting fun climax with like a human pyramid and like all this like teamwork and i was like wow this is like really like heartwarming and like yeah. uplifting and wholesome it's just about people fucking pulling together to like yeah, in yeah. the time it's like of teamwork. crisis which is what yeah, a lot of like zombie teamwork. movies are sometimes about exactly yeah that's a great point that's yeah about times of crisis being on set <laughs> you have to make it happen and yeah then all of those like yeah you mentioned things being held together by tape all of the awkward pauses from the the film within the film it's like oh yeah it's like we have a crew member with like cue cards like, like yeah. frantically writing like like okay just stall like just improvise keep stalling just like to keep things going and yeah it's it's fucking amazing just to see all of those things fall into place early in the movie there's a like a jump scare like the characters within the movie are talking about oh this water treatment plant is haunted they were doing human experiments and they were they were like trying to raise uh raise the dead back to life and then there's like a, a jump scare there's like a loud like bang mm-hmm. <laughs> and like all the characters kind of like turn and it's a, a great moment where like oh wait like the movie's kind of ramping up that horror but then in the third act we see it's like oh the dp is just super drunk and <laughs> he just like banged his head against the wall and seeing the source of all those gags is really fun is there any that like stuck out to you as like ones that you like the most um i mean it's just like there's a lot <laughs> so yeah like, i'll take a step back and say like Okay, so the movie is very much in three parts. First part is the one-shot zombie movie. Second part is pre-production. Yes, yeah. Three, third part is production. <laughs> um, and I think one of the things that's really clever, sort of to answer your question, um, is that during the production phase, we realize all, all the things that went wrong that, like, everything is already going wrong. So, like, yes. <laughs> um, so originally it's not... Uh, director Higurashi who's supposed to play the role of the director in the movie um it they they had cast someone else and originally um they cast someone else to play like uh the makeup woman yes yeah. but those two actors were having an affair and they got in a car accident on the way to the shoot so him director Higurashi and his wife had to step in and take those roles at the last minute um one of my yeah one of my favorite gags is I just I mentioned a little earlier uh, the zooming. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we get this weird, cheesy zooming. And during production, uh, or, or pre-production, we have the cameraman and the camera assistant, I guess. Um, the camera assistant says, like, oh, we should do this, like, zooming. It'll be really cool. And the cameraman's like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's cheesy. Um, he gets worn out from having to do a one-shot movie. I think he, like, pulls a muscle or something, and he's, like, he's on the like, ground. His back. Yeah, yeah, his back goes out. And then, uh, so she has to take the camera over, and then that's when she starts doing <laughs> yeah. all the crazy zooming. Uh, yeah, so, fucking love that. Yeah, so like I said, it's, like, they give you the punchline first, and maybe you don't even realize what you're seeing is a joke. Uh, exactly, And then yeah, you get yeah. the explanation, you're like, oh, that's why it was fucking insane. Um, yeah. And it makes it so much more enjoyable. I don't know. There's, ah, it's it's great. <laughs> yeah, the whole vomiting zombies thing being the result of this go. actor playing the DP. He's like, oh, he's like, I actually need to be drinking because if I don't drink, like, my hands get shaky. Yeah. And then <laughs> he proceeds just to get in, intoxicated to the point where he's vomiting on the other actors. And it's just, like, just done so fucking well. Yeah, the other, the he director needs to be held like up. holding him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah holding him up. <laughs> so fucking creative just like yeah all of like those really creative filmmaking moments were parts that really fell in love with the movie because yeah like reminds me of film school like that ragtag gorilla shit where yeah it's just like all of the things going on behind set like the uh people like throwing this corpse in the blood like all like just it just makes it all just work really well and 
Do you have any stories from working film production that like were that you were reminded of by watching this movie? Like uh, particularly ragtag moments, I guess, in the history of film production. Um, probably have a lot. I'm trying like always on the spot. Questions give me. I'm yeah. trying to think. Um, yeah, I I I have to probably think about it. But there was one music video. This is post-film school, but still, like, when I was doing music videos for people out here in the Bay Area, and the MC I was working with, he was very, very adamant about having a drone shot. He was like, mm-hmm. I want to have, like, a drone shot in this video. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it happen. So so me being broke, like, woke up really early in the, really early in the morning, went to a Walgreens, bought, a, like, a $100 drone at a Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even work. Kept barely. the receipt. Like, yeah, we're, like, out at the Golden Gate Bridge. It's, like, me and, like, 10 dudes. Half of them are smoking weed. I'm, like, sitting there with the camera, the drone. I'm the car driver. I'm doing everything. My drone is getting blown by the wind because oh. it's so cheap i'm just like just like that one man army shit was yeah. just too much it's just too much um but also yeah like all of those years at sf state cinema collective and the, the remake of film contests were always big on those and just like anytime where you like do like an alan smithy where you have to like just make a movie in 24 hours like i have fantasies about doing that again because it's just so much fun just like having those like just yeah. like that time crunch and then like a festival at the end of it where you can sort of just have yeah. a cathartic moment of everyone watching their shitty movies <laughs> <Yeah>. together <laughs> and like being like well hopefully mine's not the shittiest <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so those are good times what about you Do you have any moments <laughs> uh i remember during a sf collective thing i had shot a music video for the fucking buckaroos i i had just recently got a dslr and i didn't really know how to use it um so i was kind of learning as i went and like i was like learning everything i did wrong when the time came to edit where i was like oh shit like my my uh, frame rates off you know like everything looks a little choppy or like yeah. uh I don't know. It, it was a lot of that stuff, like really simple stuff where like I had just I just had to like adjust the frame rate to uh, accommodate more light because the camera struggled with more light. But then that all created different issues. Um, yeah. But I remember um, there's a scene where like a robot is playing basketball against one of the band members. And I I wanted a shot from up on top of the uh, above the hoop looking down through the hoop. Um and so I was like, I guess I just got to climb up there. <laughs> so like I, yeah. I climbed up and I'm like, I, I think I was like practically standing on the hoop or something like that. I was like sitting on top of like the backboard. Crazy and I remember like getting the shot and then I felt it like buckling underneath <laughs> me. Like it started to like bend and I was like, shit, I got to get the fuck off this thing right now. Um, so yeah, I jumped off. But uh, yeah, there was that moment. I remember being on some shoot with Gavin. I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't I don't really remember anything about the project. All I know is that there was blood involved because one thing I remember was um someone had set up some sort of like pressurized like like pump of air to like blow blood all over an actress's face after she like, you know, stabbed a guy or something like that. Yeah. So the tube is right in front of her face. We didn't test it. We just, <laughs> oh, we just went into it. Uh, no rehearsal. And so, yeah, so she, like, brings an axe down or something like that, and we shoot blood in her face, and it was fucking high pressure. And, like, yeah. she had her eyes open. And I was like, ooh, no, like, this could be really bad. Yeah. Uh, but she was a trooper. She was like, yeah, that sucked, but, like, let's do, let's do another take. Like, now I know what to expect, so, like, let's do another one, so... 
Oh, yeah, goodness, it was. Yeah. I was scared though. Like that could have yeah. been really bad. Ah, uh, the the joys of filmmaking, mm-hmm. <laughs> risking lives. Yeah, everyone's. Yeah, I, Richard and I setting off illegal fireworks and stuff like that, and like not quite getting the shot. So I had to like take firework firework footage from YouTube and just like edit it together. <laughs> uh, Amazing. Yeah, all of that gorilla stuff is is always so much fun. Yeah, I just yeah I miss just those festivals at the end of it where you can just sort of just sit and just really enjoy yeah all of the madness yeah. all at once and yeah i don't know in this movie i think yeah it definitely encapsulates a, a lot of the the good wholesome fun amazing things that movies can be and yeah just it is a joy to watch it was great and i really i do, do want to take a second to highlight the actress that plays the director's wife and the mm-hmm. makeup artist. I really enjoyed her performance in this movie. Like she plays a really great role where it's like she's sort of been removed from acting. She hasn't done it in a long time. And then as we get further into this third portion where we have two things sort of playing off. One is like the daughter's revealing, oh yeah, like she like gets a little unhinged on yeah. set and she actually got to the point where she broke another actor's arm because she gets too deep into the roles. And so that's one thing kind of going on. And then also the self-defense gag comes back when all of the like crew members oh. are trying to stop stop her from like actually taking things too far. And she keeps doing the palm and bop, popping yeah. them off back. And it's just, yeah, just a, a very well executed gag. And just it's just so much fun when you get to the end of this movie and yeah huge smile i feel like the two parents director higurashi his wife and their daughter are like a great trio because the daughter she wants to be a filmmaker but her problem is she's like way too passionate on set and like her personality is too extreme like she get like uh early into the second act we see her getting fired from a set um and so it kind of makes sense that she is the product of these two parents. One is a director. The other one is an actress who had to quit because she was, she took things way too seriously. Right. Um, oh, that is true. Yeah. There's the moment with her and the, the child actor. And she's yeah. Like berating. She's like, she's like, Stop <laughs> using. <laughs> yeah. You don't need <laughs> eye drops. Like you let's see real tears sort of thing. Yeah. Um, she calls the mom a hag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then later on, when, like, once the crew, we realize the crew is improvising with the zombie movie, they're way off script. She's the one who ties it all together. And she's, like, ordering people around. And, like, the extremity of her personality is, like, what sees things through and, like, what gets them to, like, deliver this, I don't want to say a kick-ass product, but, like, (laughs) a satisfactory product. Yeah, definitely. A functional product. Yeah, it's it's great, and yeah, it's you know you can't beat a human pyramid. Human pyramids are underrated. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> I think this movie is the like the the best use of just like, like the, the best use of a human work. pyramid. <laughs> best use of the human pyramid, but also just like the best use of the- theme work, teamwork as a theme. Jesus, my words are getting butchered at the moment. Jesus. Um, yeah, also, yeah, I like the daughter's, like, obsession with, like, the actors kind of, like, being a diva, and then, like, the dad just, like, just completely just, like, slaps him, and yeah. then, like, so, yeah, That's... that moment plays plays very differently yeah. in the first four minutes of the movie, and then when you see it at the end. That's another fantastic joke, is when you realize, like, so, like, this actor, this hot young actor, is, like, uh, this whole thing is kind of built around him, like, he is the star of the show. And he's got criticisms, he's got notes all throughout the production process. 
And so when it's time for director Higurashi to take over the role of the director in the movie, he immediately starts improvising and like be like slapping this guy around and stuff because he's tired of his shit. And like, that is a fantastic joke because um, I don't know, like it's set up enough. Like we don't, I don't think we, we get the sense that Higurashi is being pushed to that extreme and so, like, once he's, like, slapping him around and we realize he's off book, like, it, yeah. I don't, it's such a good joke. Yeah. So satisfying. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think the screenplay is very, very effective and working really well when you have all of these moments able to just really shine through, like, the sound guy and his irritable stomach yeah. and, like, like, this whole, like, thing with the water. And then, like, that's why we have the moment of him just, like, just being completely silent and just sitting yeah. there. Also, like, the the actress being willing to do like more extreme and gross things, but she's like, Oh, well I can't because my agency won't let me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Her little like kind of catchphrase. Thank you. At the end of all of her like interactions. And it's, it's really great to see everything kind of like firing in all cylinders and just working really well. I do wonder if they were going to do this for, if this was an English language movie, I don't think it would work as well because I think, Oh, sorry. I hit my, I hit my microphone right there. Um, I don't think this movie would work as well if it was English language because I feel like a lot of this movie, a lot of the dynamics kind of rely on, uh, you know, how polite people are in Japanese culture sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. Like respect elements, um, you know, characters bowing to each other and stuff like that. Um, there are just, I don't know, certain elements where I feel like if it was uh translated one-to-one english it would it would come off cheesy um so but i would be curious to know like if they did a remake like what would get changed and how they would adapt it to an english language audience yeah i I wonder if that just like thread of sincerity and wholesomeness would be intact if you were to do this in america or like this with a western culture if there'd be i think you could way more yeah i i believe it would be possible but i think just with the movie within the movie, probably more snarkiness and I don't know. More. I just think of like Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Like they always manage to pull off like, yeah, 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 uh, sentimentality without it feeling, uh, I don't know, shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Any final thoughts on One Cut of the Dead? Um, I will say that a movie that got me thinking about this recently was Glass Onion. Because okay. I think Glass Onion... I watched that and I, I, I remember... Yeah, so, so Glass Onion has a similar uh, structural thing where once you get to the second half of the movie, it recontextualizes what you saw in the first half. Um, and I feel like... Watching this now, I'm I'm not sure if it's the greatest comparison, but um, I don't know. I think One Cut of the Dead does the same thing, but like to a kind of extraordinary degree. Um, yeah, I agree. I would agree. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great zombie movie. Great movie overall. It's barely a zombie movie. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, but I think in the moments, like, where it does kind of have those moments, I think it does work. Like, when it does kind of, even when it's, like, prop blood, like, it does get kind of bloody and visually striking in some yeah. ways. Like, when the when the wife is, like, just drenched in blood and she kind of turns against the actress when she thinks she's infected within the movie, within the movie. Like, I was really convinced at yeah. that moment. It looks really good. 
it all kind of works for me. Uh, what have you been watching lately? So, been watching a bunch of things. This week I watched all eight Rocky movies. All, wow. Like, yeah, I watched all, wow, all you're on a Stallone Rocky. kick. Yeah, been watching a bunch of tough guy movies. So, yeah, two weeks ago, yeah, I watched all the Rambo movies. You know, so, yeah, now I'm caught up on the Rocky franchise, getting ready for Creed 3 yeah. to come out. But yeah, fucking love all of those movies. Even like the worst ones are still like fun and mm. pretty good. Like a lot of the fans of the franchise say like there's no bad Rocky movie. There's just like it's kind of just like there's degrees of what it can be. Some of them are iconic and incredible, like one and four, and some of them are just like a little bit lesser, but still pretty good. Um, I highly, highly recommend Creed. Creed is fucking fantastic, and I want to see it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, would say you don't really need to see any of the other movies to cool. really appreciate it. Okay, because um, I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the the ones that are like the most important to the franchise as a whole, I think, are the ones that are the most like well received and iconic. I think the first one, the fourth one, and then Creed. Um, yeah, Rocky Four, obviously. Uh, Ivan Drago, all of that is just incredible. It's just just a great movie. <laughs> My sister posed this question to me. Uh, few years ago she was like can you think of anything besides rocky any american franchise that's not an adaptation of a previously existing work and isn't i think the other i think the other uh rule was it couldn't be like fantasy in any way mm -hmm. and like i i struggled to think of anything oh yeah um, um... I would say Fast and the Furious, but once you're going to space, that's your is fantasy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm like maybe maybe it wasn't fantasy. Maybe it was that it wasn't action. Um, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, Fast and the Furious is going. I think it was that it wasn't action. That it was like more drama. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. But uh, yeah, these are just a bunch of inspirational sports movies. Because like yeah, you could. I, I feel like you could make the argument that could you make the argument that Rocky's action? It's more. It's a drama. It is. It does lead, like yeah. If you look at like their official, what is it like genres? It's like romance and sports. It's like more sports. Okay. It's like sports and romance are like the yeah. main totem poles. Because yeah, it's like the first one. Romance. He's, really. He's he's yeah, he's fighting Apollo Creed. He's training to fight this heavyweight champion, but he's also like falling in love with this woman at the same. Would time. Would it make it's sense to if that. you're browsing the romance section on Netflix or something like that? <laughs> would it make sense for Rocky to be in there? um more than drama like rocky rocky one <laughs> yes uh once you okay. get further into the franchise it gets a little shakier because yeah. yeah like in four it's like yeah it's more about fucking beating the soviet union <laughs> and taking down the cccp and, and so it's more about that but yeah i don't know like rocky balboa the one that came out in like 2006 has a lot of heart to it and serves as like a better kind of ending to the franchise that the first five kind of started but i don't know they're all of them sort of have something fascinating and interesting about it but i think yeah rocky rocky four and creed are like the strongest yeah. films of, of the group um i think the before movies might count uh as like because i think richard yeah. linklater is american um it has yeah. to be come on um but yeah i can't think of much else non-action non-adaptation yeah, series of movies um, yeah. And it's really cool that like he both directed and starred in these movies, and then he like passed the baton to someone else. Uh, yeah, and also just kind of zooming out and just looking at just culturally, um, 
1985, you have Rambo 2 and Rocky 4 both came out in the same year. It's just, just, just think about just being Sylvester Stallone in that year. Just like, just like, just stratosphere. Just like on a whole another level. I think uh, someone pointed out recently on Twitter that The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura all came yeah, out in yeah. 1994. <laughs> yeah, like, that's Jim an same <laughs> year for Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, can't imagine doing like just three like, icons. Because I remember I was alive during that time. I remember going to the yes. theater to see Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yes. I think I saw all three of those in theater. And yeah, uh, I don't know if I saw them in theaters. I think those were more like VHS at home viewing. I'm pretty sure I did see all three of them. I think I saw some of them at the cheap seat, the cheap seats, um, after their initial run. But I, I'm pretty sure I did see all of them. I remember uh, becoming a man at the sight of Cameron Diaz in the mask. <laughs> yeah, that's like me walking down the Titanic. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, not walking out. I saw that at a birthday party. <laughs> so that was the first time I saw that movie. Um, but also, I want to mention a kind of a weird moment happened where, like, all of the media things I were, was watching this week and weekend kind of collided together. So I mentioned I watched all of the Rocky and Creed movies. And so Michael B. Jordan was hosting SNL mm-hmm. this past Saturday. And the first sketch of the night is a sketch focused on him and Sarah Sherman and the weather both... person sketch <laughs> yes yeah did you see it that's the only sketch I saw <laughs> okay so yes in this sketch they're wearing like the the cheek retractors mm-hmm. that that used to the dentist and also that was worn by Alexander Skarsgård's character in the movie Infinity Pool that's not a spoiler okay. for Infinity Pool, <laughs> but he where he wears one in that movie and I just thought it was really funny that like Obviously, Sarah Sherman is a weirdo and like, is aware of it being in pool. So I was like, maybe she like got inspired by him having that prop because it's in the trailer. And I just thought that was really funny that like Michael B. Jordan is like wearing it. And I was like, wow, I just saw Possessor. Like, I don't know, I saw Infinity Pool like two hours before that. So it's it was just a weird moment where all of the things I was watching kind of collided in this one moment on SNL. And I just thought that was kind of fascinating. So in college, I made a movie where. Uh, live maggots were dumped into our friend Sean Blau's mouth. Oh. I wanted to use that <laughs> dental tool, but I didn't know what it was called. And I was under a time gotcha. crunch. So I ordered, instead I ordered like a BDSM, like gag, like ring. Oh. <laughs> oh, like, hold his mouth open. Did the opposite. Which has its own, you know, charm. Um, but yeah. yeah, I wanted that. But we want access. <laughs> yeah, I wanted like a big fucking open mouth. Uh, I just didn't know what that was called. I tried searching around. And, like, um, uh, fucking amazing. Yeah, I just thought that, yeah, it's just a, a good use of a prop for both yeah. both, both things. Um, yeah, Infinity Pool was a lot of fun. It's a nice little, like, companion film. Is it? I would say it's a nice, like, companion, uh, companion piece to Possessor. Okay. And because uh, I feel like they sort of discuss similar things but not exactly what what uh how would you what what's better what do you what did you like more i guess um i think i might i'm leaning towards infinity pool because i it's also it's it has mia goth doing crazy doing crazy mia goth stuff which is awesome she's real hot right now it's also it's set on a resort which is also really hot right now fucking resort white lotus white yeah white lotus um glass on a little bit triangle of sadness uh, a sea yes, resort yeah. <laughs> I really need to see tri- triangle of sadness I really need to see that but yeah i think um uh what was it blah, blah, blah. infinity pool is is good i think it is a little bit better i'm really curious to see what you cool. think about it. i want to watch it again gonna see it on wednesday so 
Ah, gotcha. Yeah, um, that's basically it. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't watched The Last of Us, which was last night. You haven't watched it? I did. Okay. Yeah. I that was the only thing on my list is I, okay. I watched The Last of Us, um, and. It's funny because when I I feel like when I watch the show, I'm not really thinking of comparing it to the game. Well, I guess I guess the first couple episodes I was thinking like, oh, this is kind of the game. Like uh, I feel like I might as well just be playing that. But um, this last episode, I was mostly just comparing it to The Walking Dead and like how The Walking Dead, like that was a big part of Emily and I like uh, our relationship early on was like we would just like yes. watch The Walking Dead together. Um, and I feel like after every episode we were like, eh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> like, I think it's getting better. Maybe. Um, yeah. and this is just, and I remember thinking back in the day, like the walking dead will prove itself to be a success if they can have an episode that doesn't have any zombies in it and is just compelling as a character drama, because that's kind of what the comic was trying to be. was just, it's a soap opera with zombies. Um, yes, yeah. And last night's episode of The Last of Us was it did have two zombies in it technically. There's one on a on a security camera and another one that's like, you know, immobilized under some rubble. Um, but for the most part, it's just character drama, and it works really, really, really fucking well. I thought it was yeah, really, yeah. really good. Um, and I haven't been totally in love with like Ellie in this show. I feel like her dialogue is a little too like. I'm a spunky teenager. Um, annoying <laughs> in, in a way I don't totally like, uh, but I forgive it because it's like, I know, I know the scope of this show. I know where it's going. Like, and yeah, I, yeah. I guess I have a lot of goodwill towards it because of that. Um, so I'm willing yeah, to overlook definitely. some things, but, um, but yeah, last night's episode was fantastic. We got Armand <laughs> and, uh, yes. Yeah. It was good yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, Nick Offerman Nick and Offerman. Uh, Nick Offerman Murray Bartlett killed it. Murray, yeah, fucking fantastic episode. And yeah, it does sort of harken back to The Walking Dead. It makes you think about it because yeah, that show. I forget how like it was on for like well, ten years, Too long. something like that. Been I don't on, know. <laughs> on for a, a long time. I want like I was a big uh champion of the show in the first like two seasons or so I was really a big fan of it. And I was I basically watched that show up until. Negan showed up. Like, Same. I just I I stopped watching around that time, and I always said that the makeup and the effects on the show consistently got better every single year. Incredible. Like, there, yeah. Towards like when I stopped watching, there were some zombies that literally made me want to throw up when I saw them. They were just like just so repulsive and just so disgusting, and the makeup team just killed it every single time. But yeah, the characters were just awful, and so because of that, it made it very difficult to enjoy that show and then as it got sort of more debated on and kind of messier it just became a tougher conversation i just didn't want to have and i was yeah really happy this show is is great because yeah we get like amazing gorgeous zombie like the clickers look so good like the end of uh, episode two when with tess's death is just so gross and just like just the way that they did it was just really really well done and i don't know yeah it's just it's it reminds me of yeah the walking dead but it's just doing everything on another fucking level i think the walking dead moment that where i was like why am i watching this like was tyler james williams is on that show and yes, there's yeah. a moment where i think it's him and uh steven young uh 
Yeah, they're yeah. like in a revolving door, and Tyler yes, James yeah. Williams gets his like face torn apart by a zombie, <laughs> and it's like right up against the glass. Like we're just forced to look at it, um, and he's a character who doesn't deserve that at all. <laughs> like it's just it was like the most brutal violence I've ever seen on television. Um, yeah. and I was like, why am I watching this? <laughs> like, what am I, what do I, what, what are we trying to achieve here? Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, I just, that's what turned me off to that show. Yeah. I remember that scene not bothering me too much. And, and for the record, I still haven't gotten to the Glenn death or have seen I don't think it, I so did I'm either. Like, I think I got like, I think he has like a fake death, like yeah, not long yeah. after that. And then, yeah. Yeah. I was just like tapped out at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just got it just felt repetitive. It just felt like yeah. the formula. It's like, okay, we're gonna go to a new place, develop some, some characters, people, kill them. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're just yeah, they were kind of shuttle yeah. on to the next play. Yeah, I think <laughs> more Walking Dead spoilers. Yeah, I think the moment when Rick shoots his son. Oh, God, oh I didn't know that happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. oh wait, sorry. in the comics, <laughs> I think that happens, right? Doesn't he accidentally shoot him? Or he? I know yes. he gets shot. He loses an eye. Carl. I don't remember who shoots him. <laughs> I believe so. I stopped reading I for know. a while, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. That, that was another moment where it's these moments are supposed to be like these big climactic moments, and it, you sort of walk away, sort of feeling empty from them. And I think with The Last of Us, it's everything is exactly where it should be. It's, it, this third episode is very, very good, fantastic, and yeah, held up by some just incredible performances. And looking forward to where the show goes. I feel like I'm like the perfect audience for the show because I played the first one but i remember very little i know yeah. how it ends i know the 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 end of that game but all of the details within it i've completely forgot yeah so i was like oh yeah i know who bill is but i don't know that he was a a tortured gay soul like loving <laughs> like loving loving this man and making strawberries and yeah i just remember them <laughs> i remember them finding him and i thought he stuck around for a while like there was interactions between joel ellie and bill um but uh, so yeah, I know that they changed him for the show, but I love what they did in the show. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I have a. I, I don't totally recall the first game, uh, but I'm pretty sure they meet a father and son at some point too. Um, yeah. So I'm expecting. I'm trying, that to yeah, come up. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But yeah, I think Dang. the game, the, the show, is doing a really great job of elevating those small moments in the game, and then just adding so much humanity and just like soul to it pretty sure they meet a father and son maybe i'm like crossing see there's so much zombie content out there that like i might be crossing wires oh you're thinking of the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah they just meet the road <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not sure um yeah what have you been you said this was the only uh, yeah i think watched. that was the only thing i watched this week okay yeah was... i started stardew valley okay um and it's a little I, I didn't really know what to expect going into this um the game starts with the main you like create a character and then you press start and then like it shows your character uh in an office hating their job <laughs> surrounded by other people who are all like all looking at computers uh in like this bleak environment and then you receive a letter from your grandmother saying like a time will come when uh 
you acknowledge the desperation that you're feeling. Like, I don't remember, like, the exact phrasing, but it was, like, you, a time will come when you'll acknowledge that, like, this isn't working out for you, and you need to reconnect with, like, what actually matters in life. So wow. I've left you That's a farm. Awesome. <laughs> so, like, you know, when that time comes, open this letter, and, like, you know, you'll receive the deed to this farm. Um so that's the beginning of this game is like you going to this farm that uh in this town that you've never been to um and just trying to like salvage it um which is like a pretty like yeah it's a pretty interesting framing that i wasn't expecting um yeah that's great that's awesome yeah also yeah i beat ragnarok this week i texted you about it but yeah um loved yeah fucking love that game um i like had a, a, a couple of moments where I wasn't as into it, but once I finished it, I was completely sold. I might even try to go back and do a new game plus. May attempt a platinum. Wow. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I think I, I think I platinumed it. Not too hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it seemed like uh, not like a crazy platinum, like one where just yeah. like it's you have to do insane shit to get it. I think I like finished the game and I was like, oh, I only there's only like a few more hours of stuff I had to do, so I, I just saw it through. Yeah. Yeah, but I loved it. I also think, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, I thought it was really cool that there's, like, a, a fourth wall-breaking moment. So in the first Thor fight, like, he, like, knocks you out, and the game goes to the... The game goes out of the game into, like, the the end screen or whatever, as if you were your character actually died, and then he pulls you out of it. It's like, oh, you're not going to die yet. And huh. I don't think I've ever... Like, I don't remember games do break the fourth wall but that was the first time it's happened to me where i was like oh wow like the game is breaking the fourth wall and i like wasn't really expecting it they've been doing that since like metal gear solid 2 since back in the day but i remember i I remember watching my buddy play i want to say god of war 3 like he was like playing the demo or he was just like playing the beginning of it or something for the first time we're all just sitting around drinking or something and he's playing through the beginning and he's fighting a character i don't remember who i want to say it's like zeus or some shit um and it's doing the uh quick time events he's doing all the quick time events and then at some point kratos grabs this man's head oh sorry hit the microphone again (laughs) at some point kratos grabs the man's head and he's gonna uh gouge his eyes out and it asks him the quick time event is to (laughs) click both of the thumbsticks yes yes, and i I remember my friend being like holy shit like turning around and looking at us holy shit it just made me click the thumbsticks like my thumbs are his (laughs) (laughs) going in i was like that's brilliant man yeah i fucking loved it and uh spoilers for god of war ragnarok um i found myself relating to and connecting to the character Brock quite a bit. And so uh, at the end of that game, when fucking Odin reveals that he's been masquerading as Tyr the entire time and kills Brock, it fucking got me. I was pissed. I was really pissed. I was like, my boy. Stabbed my boy. Didn't deserve that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, like, felt this way about a video game. It's been a long time since I was, like, really emotionally, like, connected to a game and was with it on the lows and with it on the highs and i don't know you gotta play mother three <laughs> have you played okay. have you played earthbound <laughs> no okay. never it was like not released in america uh no it was released in america ever. it was just like hard it's hard to get it's like nowadays it's like 300 dollars for a cartridge but i think you can get it oh, on, yeah. like you can get it like emulators and shit um gotcha yes like the nintendo switch online has it or whatever um i don't think i don't think that one holds up quite as well nowadays um 
But Mother 3, I played that while I was uh, a dog walker and working at like a dog daycare. And so I'd be like down in the basement surrounded by like 30 dogs on an iPhone or not an iPhone, an iPod touch playing on an <laughs> emulator. Um, I remember going to a party and telling a girl about the plot of that game, just like telling her about it. And she started crying. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> I was like, wow, like you're really moved just by the description of this game. But uh, yeah, it's a fucking cool game. Um, and it deals with some heavy stuff and it feels like i don't know it feels kind of political too i'll i'll i'll, I'll let you play it it's very very good okay uh, might hunt down i think it's like a good like if you have a, a device where you could play it mobily um so like either on your phone or like i don't know if you have some <laughs> something you could put an emulator on handheld yeah. But uh, yeah, it feels like a good handheld game because those those games I don't know they're not very stimulating gra- graphically or anything. So. Yeah, but I'm I'm down. I, they're this is one of those like kind of a little bit of a deeper. Kind yeah, it is. For, yeah. For, for the not at all topical. <laughs> I'm down though. Sounds like fun. Uh, okay. I think that might be it. Yep. I don't have a choice. I have an idea of what we're going to watch for next week, but I'm not sure if I want to commit to it just okay. yet. We can take our time. <clears throat> and get back to me in the week. Yeah. yeah. And then we got to roll the die after next week. Yeah. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. This has been episode 112 of Vague Zone. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, or theme suggestions let us know what you're watching you tweet at us at vague zone on the twitter let us know what you're watching we're always down for the conversation yep it's been episode 112 i'm one of your hosts thomas and i'm daniel we'll see you next time thanks for listening cool.